You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Happy Monday, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I am your host, Al Melchior. And we're still on Darvish Watch here. Last time I talked to y'all was Friday and a move was supposed to be imminent. Nothing yet. We do have a little bit of a Darvish update here, but uh, a lot of smaller moves that nonetheless uh, should be of interest to you. So I'm going to review them all. And on this show, uh, we're going to have Keith Farnsworth from Baseball Prospectus and Fantrax and the the genesis of his appearance on today's show comes from Twitter. And I feel like I say that a lot. Uh, a lot of my ideas uh, come from Twitter. So, uh, you know, Twitter, there, there, there's a. Uh, good and bad. I have a love-hate relationship with it, but a uh, uh, conversation I had with Keith was one of the, the many good things uh, that's happened on Twitter. We uh, started talking about Xander Bogarts, and I said, you know, let's continue this discussion on the air, because I think this is a good one uh, in drafts that I've done so far. It's You get to that juncture where uh, you've got to make a decision about shortstop, and, and Bogarts is, I would argue, the pivotal player in terms of determining how you're going to handle shortstop because for me, and I think probably for many, many other owners, he's at the end of a tier where there is an enormous drop off. And so your opinion on Bogarts is really going to, uh, you know, I think uh, determine whether or not maybe you go a little more aggressively uh, for one of the top uh, six uh, shortstops or uh, whether you uh, just wait it out and try to find a fallback option or or if you just, you know, or if Bogarts is, in fact, the shortstop you are hoping to target uh, because of that status of being at at that tier drop off uh, in a lot of in a lot of drafts. So interesting player. Interesting position in this year's draft landscape, and uh, Keith's got some interesting uh, arguments to make about Xander Bogart. So really, really looking forward to that segment. But uh, let's uh, start off with the news here. Uh, probably one of the bigger things, more impactful things that's happened over the, the weekend is the announcement from Buck Showalter that Manny Machado is going to be the Orioles shortstop this year. So he doesn't come in with shortstop eligibility. This year, uh, this is a big, big boon for him. So multiple eligibility comes in with the third base eligibility. will gain it at shortstop, depending on your league's rules. Uh, I'd say at most leagues, probably after about two weeks. So that's fantastic news. And I'll uh, break down what that means for Machado's value uh, a little bit later. And uh, not fantasy relevant, but uh, I think a very, very important uh, item that uh, earlier today, Rob Manfred announced that the Cleveland Indians will be removing Chief Wahoo from their uniforms, effective 2019. And all I could say is it's about freaking time. So uh, good news there. Uh, the Mets still looking to fill their second base opening, and uh, they're looking at a few different options. The uh, White Sox, 
interesting story here from MLB.com that they're planning on going into the season with both Jose Abreu and Avisael Garcia. On the one hand, maybe sort of an upset if you go back in time to uh, earlier in the hot stove season, but not so surprising, you know, given the lack of movement in the hot stove season. So a uh, little bit of a different look maybe uh, than you were expecting for the White Sox, just going back a few months. We have a date for Jimmy Nelson, finally. We've had some good news about Jimmy Nelson, uh, but now we finally have a projected return date. And a lot more Brewers news. That's just the tip of the Brewers iceberg. Mixed metaphor, but go with it anyway. Anyways, I'm going to go with a break right now. And while we come back, uh, break down all these news items and much, much more. So stick around. Sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix Canvas High Top, Low Top, Slip-On, and Kids Tennis Style Sneakers, designed in officially licensed college colors and logos, is a must-have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to Skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's Skix.com. Skix Sneakers, the soul of a true fan. Fantasy sports is more than just a game. It's the stories and it's the people behind the industry. Join FSWA Hall of Famer Scott Angle as he sits down with the most influential figures in fantasy sports, celebrities who play our game, and the athletes who make it all happen. Find out why fantasy sports became what it is and hear inspiring stories that can help your own career. It's the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour, Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This league. Robbie Anderson is a not a nice guy. Comeback. When I told Bogman this story of, of wide receiver Robbie Anderson, New York Jets, hello, he wanted to on an officer. <laughs> well, I mean, if he was if he was drunk, we'd be talking about the DUI. What a scumbag. I think he should be confronted by the officer's significant other. I think he should have to apologize right there. Like a YouTube live of an apology. Saturdays, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. The Fantasy Producers. Am I like one of the only people that doesn't think that Blake Bortles is such a joke? I feel like he's been a, such a joke for so long that it's going to take him winning this game. But even if he wins, it's oh. just going to be funny for people. So and that's just it. <laughs> he's going to have to win the Super Bowl. It's been a wild year, and it would be appropriate for Blake Bortles to finish as your Super Bowl MVP. It'd be appropriate for any of the quarterbacks left, aside from Brady, to win Super Bowl MVP to encapsulate what type of season the NFL has had this year. Saturdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so hot and uncomfortable you can't use it. But now there's the Sunsetter Retractable Awning. It provides protection from the sun's harmful rays and can keep your patio about 20 degrees cooler. Call 800-869-4993 now and you can get your Sunsetter for as little as $599 with your special $200 discount certificate. Call 800-869-4993 now for your discount certificate and you'll also get a free awning idea kit. Call 800-869-4993. That's 800-869-4993. Welcome back, everyone. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host, and we are one segment away from making this a two-man show. I'm going to be joined by Keith Farnsworth from uh, FanTrax and Baseball Prospectus. Looking forward to a little conversation about Xander Bogarts. Uh, talked about Twitter a little bit in the last segment. Uh, one of the things I uh, did uh, earlier today was uh, I sent out on Twitter a little snippet from uh, the Fangraphs leaderboard on uh, the uh, percentage of uh, pitches in the zone that uh, hitters swing at. And uh, Bogarts was at the, the top of that list. And it's not necessarily a a bad list to be on. It could mean that you're just very selective, but yet there's something a little bit different about Bogarts than the hitters just behind him on that list. That's a little bit concerning. I'll leave it to Keith Farnsworth to tell you exactly what that is. Uh, So that discussion's coming up. Also, uh, some news about the Mets bullpen and specifically how Mickey Callaway is going to handle the closer situation there. Uh, You'll definitely want to, Tune in for that part of the show because uh, that's gonna should impact your uh, your draft plans a little bit in terms of Mets closers and uh, the Brewers uh, making some moves still a more minor move earlier today uh, we'll get to that one but uh, let's get back to the the big story uh, of the past few days. Manny Machado going to be the everyday shortstop for the Orioles. So shifting over uh, from third base and and basically just going to swap positions with Tim Beckham. So I I have to admit with uh, some rumors and questions that there have been this offseason about whether or not Machado would be the shortstop. I worried that maybe the Orioles would go out and you know get Todd Frazier or something, uh, and and then Beckham would be out of a job. And Beckham is somebody I'm I'm really intrigued by this off season. Uh, he had a, had a breakout last year, hit for power, and and you saw the potential for power there with Tim Beckham. Uh, the previous couple of years, but then you know getting an opportunity to play more regularly last year, started the year with the with the Rays, uh, but also. Uh, you know, not not hurting you for batting average and getting a whole lot of infield hits. And I'm not sure if that's something that Beckham can continue. But, uh, you know, it's uh, to me, it's it makes him uh, a, a bit of a sleeper. I think that he has shown that potential to hit for power. And despite the fact that he's you know not great at hitting for contact and has some pull tendencies that, um you know, he might be okay for batting average. It might be more valuable than at least early on people seem to be giving him credit for. But obviously, I'm bearing the lead here big time because uh, I know you don't really want me to be talking about Tim Beckham. It's it's Manny Machado. That's the big story here, getting that shortstop eligibility. Uh, not right away, most likely, in your league, but 
probably within a couple of weeks, maybe even within one week, uh, if you only need five games in season. And uh, I think that certainly does help his value quite a bit because, you know, as a third baseman, there there are you're not going to be able to replace Manny Machado if you miss out on him and have to wait a few rounds. But there are some intriguing third base fallback options, whereas at shortstop, man, once you get through the first two tiers and again, this was something that I previewed the last segment talking about Xander Bogarts. And once you, you, you missed the boat on Bogarts, you're looking at either sort of steady and very unspectacular or a whole lot of risk in your shortstop. We're looking at, you know, Andrelton Simmons and betting on whether or not he can repeat what he did last season. Um, You know, you're, you're looking at, uh, uh, you know, somebody else, Didi Gregorius. Can he keep, you know, he's probably gonna be one of the more popular uh, shortstop options outside of the first two tiers, but can he keep hitting for power when the underlying numbers aren't really that encouraging, not a lot of hard contact, um, you know, it's just a, a strange profile for, for a guy who seems to be rounding into form as a, a 20 homer hitter. So you're, you're, you know, you're either betting on somebody who, uh, the last year or two, you know, did some things you wouldn't, won't necessarily expect them to keep doing, or you're just looking at some, some fairly mediocre options. So to, to have Manny Machado now as another, hitter in that pool of shortstops that's uh, that's a big thing uh, uh, in terms of where he fits in that upper tier and clearly he's in the upper tier Trey Turner is I think the the clear number one but uh, right there behind him you've got Machado you've got Carlos Correa and you've got Francisco Lindor and I talked several weeks back also about this group uh, of uh, of shortstops and uh, also included Corey Seager. Now I think that there's some distance between Correa, Lindor, and then Seager. Correa and Lindor to me it's it's a, it's a coin flip. I'd probably uh, uh, at this point I would favor Correa, Correa, excuse me, slightly uh, over Lindor. But um, you know I can I can make the arguments both ways. I think I maybe just have a little bit more certainty. That uh, I know what I'm getting from Carlos Correa. I also do worry about, you know, is he going to be able to stay healthy for a full season? But Lindor, I, I, I talked about how he can hit for power. He demonstrated that last season. And I think he can easily hit for power and hit for average. That the low batting average last year looked awfully fluky in a bad way for Lindor. But the question is, is he going to come back a second year and hit for that kind of power? We don't really have to worry about that with Carlos Correa. Not as much. So I'll give him the slight edge right now over Francisco Lindor, and I'll give them both a bigger edge over Corey Seager. I would lump Machado in much closer with Correa and Lindor than with Corey Seager. Uh, I'm happy with any of them, but it, you know, if you have to find ways to separate separate uh, separate out these four, or if you want to include Trey Turner, separate these five out apart from each other, it's not easy to do. But I would give a little bit of an edge to Correa and or Lindor uh, over Manny Machado. But I will say that if you're worried about the performance last season for Machado, don't be. Because uh, that 
also looked like a fluke for him in terms of the low batting average. Could could have stood to have hit more line drives, but line drives tend to be variable in his brief, somewhat brief career. Uh, Machado, uh, his line drive rates have bounced around a bit. So a low line drive rate doesn't bother me. But his expected batting average, much higher than what it was. His expected uh, ISO, uh, higher than what it was. So just a just an odd year for Manny Machado where he should bounce back. And I think even projecting him for a bounce back season, which I do, he falls just a little bit short of Correa and Lindor. But it's it's hairs of difference, minor differences uh, that separate them. Uh well, let's uh, move on uh, in terms of the middle infield situation, or I should say the whole infield situation with the Mets. They are still pursuing Josh Harrison. That's still uh, out there. The Mets are still reluctant to part with Brandon Nemo. So I don't know that this is actually going to be a reality for them, but uh, they have not shut the door on a Josh Harrison deal. But according to Ken Rosenthal, the Mets are more likely to go the free agent route to uh, fill the vacancy at second base or maybe go and, and uh, you know, uh, go uh, find a third baseman. And the, the, the three free agents in particular that they're interested in are Eduardo Nunez, who could play either position. I would assume they'd put him at second. Uh, or Neil Walker, the ex-Met. Or Todd Frazier. And those are all pretty interesting options. I mean, Nunez, uh, obviously, once he finds a home, there's a steel source that you can feel very good about and good batting average to go with that. The power's been a little bit up and down. I've always been a little bit a bit of a skeptic with the power for Nunez, especially in the, the NL East. I would definitely be skeptical of that. Uh, Walker, also last few years, showing some, some good power. And then with the Brewers last year, just out of nowhere, Walked a ton. Good OBP. Uh, so that's another wrinkle to think about with Neil Walker. And then Todd Frazier talked about uh, recently on this show the big change that he made in terms of his skill profile and becoming much more selective last season. Maybe too selective because that muted his power a little bit. Didn't swing as much as he had, not nearly as much as he had in the past. And uh, I think that really muted his power numbers. So the potential is there, I think, for Frazier to consolidate. You know, we talk about consolidations of breakouts. We're usually talking about players in the mid-20s. Uh, so with Frazier, maybe there's a, a chance for him to do that a little bit later in his career. Take this newfound selectivity and maybe just moderate it a little bit and find some of the power. And he didn't lose a lot of power, but just enough to maybe get him back up to you know 35 home runs this season. So, be interesting to see where Todd Frazier lands. Maybe the Mets. Anyhow, got much more news to come, particularly in regards to the Brewers. I've got more Mets news as well in terms of their bullpen. But we're going to take a break from all that. When we come back, Keith Farnsworth's going to be here. So, stick around. Be right back after the break. Tony Cicada here telling you about our new show, The Fantasy News Desk. It's now only one hour, and it's on Monday through Friday, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined by Hall of Famer Scott Angle, the Hall of Famer and the Fantasy Shamer, all together in the same hour. 
3 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or get the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Fantasy News Desk, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> it never gets old. All right, everyone. Two truths, one lie. I was going to be on The Real World. I play the oboe. And I saved a kid's life. You definitely never saved a kid's life. I'm serious. Last summer, I donated bone marrow to a kid who had leukemia. Saving a life. The truth is, it's easier than you think. Learn how at DKMS.org. <laughs> who knew we were living with a hero? Um, a hero <laughs> who plays the oboe. <laughs> Martinez or you, Darvish? Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Look, we don't know where he's going to land. I think he's going to be good this year. I would have went Carlos Martinez right here. Martinez is in a situation where he's teetering on taking that next step. He's been pitching the innings. He gets you the strikeouts. And if he does take that next step, you're going to have a stud pitcher possibly. Even if not, you're going to have a really good pitcher. Weekdays, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. With Thermospa's unique built-in thermal filtration system, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon. Call Thermospas today at 800-603-6422 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-603-6422. Call 800-603-6422 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Draft World Fantasy Sports brings the games to you with real cash prizes. Kick off your season, choose your league, draft your players, or let Draft World's Quick Pick Wizard get you started. Then turn your knowledge into cash. Draft World offers low commissions on all fantasy sports. Cash prizes are paid as each league ends automatically. And every day, a new Draft World season starts. It's the world's way to play fantasy sports. DraftWorld.com. Hey guys, Tony Sincata here from the Line of Block Show, brought to you by DailyRoto.com. You can join Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and get the night's DFS basketball advice. And of course, we still break down football on a nightly basis. That's the Line of Block Show, brought to you by DailyRoto.com. Dane Martinez, Tony Sincata 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fantasy producers. Do I look like I know things? Listen, I don't know things. Listen, Peter. Is that what okay. your mom does? Peter. What were you about to call me? Because it Peter. seemed like you were about to go Kevin, which is my Kevin! Jeez! <laughs> my ears! <laughs> oh my god! No, he's been scared the hell out he's of me! Been sitting on that all <laughs> show! All show! Saturdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome 
Back, everybody. This is Fan Rag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And as promised, we are joined by our guest of the segment from Baseball Prospectus and Fan Tracks, Keith Farnsworth. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Al. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, before we get into it, and I've already you know teased the uh, Xander Bogarts discussion a little bit, but uh, I know you've been very busy. Uh, what sorts of things have you been working on that uh, people should go and check out? Well, this year I've been pretty busy doing a lot of hitter profiles, uh, breaking down kind of players, trying to predict what 2018 could bring as far as stats. Uh, so you can check out all of that at Fantrax. And then I joined the team over at Baseball Prospectus. And right now we've been writing about third base. So about 20 or so articles um, each week are being posted at Baseball Prospectus as part of our positional preview. So definitely a lot of content going up right now. Well, good stuff. And yeah, yeah, congratulations on uh, joining the team there at uh, BP. It's uh, good good news all around. Uh, so uh, let's get to uh, little Xander Bogart's talk, because as I you know, discussed this a little bit earlier on the show, we had started a discussion on Twitter. And, and I mean, part of what kind of perked my ears up to that discussion was that I had seen a lot of things in the preceding days about Xander Bogart's, mostly negative. And it just seems to me that going into this year, he may be one of the more polarizing players on the draft board. And I think also, I made the argument earlier on this show, one of the most pivotal, because there's such a big drop-off beyond the first two the first two tiers of shortstops that your degree of commitment to Xander Bogarts as a part of that second tier, I think may say a lot about how you deal with the position as a whole. So I'm putting a lot of, you know, a lot is writing (laughs) at this debate, or at least that's how I'm setting it up. So, uh, you know, I, I think the conversation started, you said, I don't get Xander Bogarts. So what exactly did you mean by that? Well, and I was kind of, that was uh, Scott White and you and I were going back and forth on that debate. And I definitely agree with you. If I don't get one of the top tier shortstops this year, now I don't have Xander Bogart in that class, but if I don't get one of the top two, I find myself waiting and waiting till about pick, you know, 150 or even 200 and owning somebody like Zach Cozart or somebody um, like Anderson Simmons and trying to take a flyer there, which is not something I'm really comfortable with doing. Uh, but in that comment, what I was trying to say is I don't understand how he's being drafted so high. Because um, when I look at him, I don't really see you know that much upside or that much value for somebody that's being drafted. I think like top seventy or top you know one hundred in in most drafts. So that was kind of my comment is like I just don't quite get. And it was kind of like a plea for like somebody explain to me what I'm missing because clearly I'm missing something because. And all that I've seen through my eyes is, is kind of painted towards more of a negative picture than a positive one. Okay. Well, and you pointed out something in our uh, discussion that, you know, I think is, is an important thing for people to realize about Bogarts if, if they don't already, um, you know, in terms of his selectivity. And he last year among qualified hitters had the lowest rate of swings on pitches in the zone, which generally sounds like a bad thing. But then you look at the other hitters at the top of that leaderboard and they're good hitters. Uh, You know, they're just they're very selective hitters. But, um, you know, he is one of the more sorry. He is one of the more patient hitters. I mean, I think his swing percentage is around 40 or 43 percent, somewhere in that range, which rivals somebody to tune up like Joey Votto. I think they share a 
a very similar swing percentage. So his patience is something that normally I would value as, as elite. But then when you break down what he swings at and what he doesn't swing at, it, it gets a little weird from there. So his, his gap between his zone percentage and his, his ozone percentage is, is pretty awful. So that's kind of, I think, what you're, what you're alluding to there. You're right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, right behind him on that zone swing percentage, Brett Gardner, Joe Bauer, a couple ticks behind him, Mookie Bits, Matt Carpenter. That's that's your top five. And yeah, these are all, you know, nothing wrong with any of those hitters, except the biggest differences. This is just what you were talking about, Keith. Xander Bogart swung at pitches outside of the strike zone. A third of the time, almost 33 percent. So just shy of a third, whereas the other four hitters, uh, their O swing percentage ranged from 22 to 16 percent. So they were truly selective. They were selective, you know, with the right types of pitches. So exactly. I understand. I understand your concern about that. But is there and, and, and that is reason enough to, to certainly have some concern about Bogarts. Was there anything else in addition to that that well, confuses it, you as to his value? No, kind of just to kind of uh, cap on, on what that is. So if you look at the gap between his O swing and his zone swing percentage, which is not an exact science because, you know, different guys swing at different pitches and they swing more often and they're more aggressive. Um, but he's a, he's a very naturally a patient hitter. And then the pitches that he chooses to hit are not necessarily good ones. So the, the gap between his O swing and his zone swing is the lowest gap of all qualified hitters last year. Um, and, and when you add on his patience, like you were saying a second ago, it just means that he's, I don't know if he's guessing it pitches up there. That doesn't seem right. Or maybe he's just got a bad pitch recognition, but clearly he's not swinging at the right pitches at the amount that he should be. And maybe that's contributing to his, you know, his lack of power or, you know, declining batting average over the last several years. Uh, now it could. And again, this is, you know, the crux of some of the debate that I've seen about Bogarts, uh, you know, people saying, well, last year was the real deal, even though it looks like an outlier when you compare it to the, the previous two seasons. Um, I'm a believer that it is an outlier, that he's more of, of probably about a 290 hitter. But but before I make that argument, I want to throw another thing by you, which is that I think part of because I, I feel like I get why Bogarts is valued this highly. And, and in my first actual draft, not a mock draft, but my first actual draft, I did choose Bogarts as my shortstop. And I was at that juncture of, okay, the top six guys, and I'm not including Machado here because, you know, he doesn't have eligibility yet. But, the, you know, the top six are off the board. Do I go go Bogarts or no? And I, and I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm going here uh, and, I, and I'm happy to. Uh, and part of it is because of the the risk involved. Now, if you look at the two shortstops that have typically been going right before him, who are also uh, in this in this category. Now, also, I'm going to exclude uh, Alex Bregman from this this discussion as well. Okay. Um, but he clearly is, you know, superior uh, in, in terms of value. But Elvis Andrews and Gene Segura, I, I think there's more reason to doubt their value going into this year. Uh, with Segura, you know, so he could be able to stay healthy. How much power is one, you know, going to get from Gene Segura and Elvis Andrews? Again, is is that one and done for him, or is he going to build on what he did last year or, or maintain it? So, how do you feel about Andrews and Segura as compared to Bogarts? 
Now, Andrus is one who made an adjustment um, at the beginning of, or seemingly the beginning of last year, where he started to pull the ball quite a bit more, and I think he put the ball in the air. I think his fly ball percentage increased a little bit, but the majority of his power output last year came from his pull percentage and that tendency increasing you know, quite drastically. Um, that's actually a, an adjustment that Rudnet Odor made, I think, in 2015 and 2016, and that didn't end up so well in 2017 once pitchers adjusted to him. So um, I'm a little bit worried whether or not the, the pitching side will catch up to that adjustment and, and change their, their pitch uh, repertoire that they throw Andrus in 2018. Um, but I think still I'd probably trust Andrus more because he does have the ability to steal you 25 to 30 uh, bases in Segura as well. So I think I trust those two just a little bit more because I feel like they can give you a, a bigger combination of home runs and steals. All right, that's fair. Um, you know, I, I've expressed, I mean, I've got my skepticism about both of those players uh, and their value for this year. I think there's a broader range of, of expected uh, outcomes. And then, you know, you articulated very well earlier that then you get beyond Bogarts on the other side and, you know, they're not enticing options. So, you know, the question is then what are you getting when, you know, if you're, let's call it, you know, settling for Xander Bogarts. And the argument I would make is that he's, he's proven that he's somebody – uh, despite a you know a good but not great strikeout rate, that he's he's going to be a good hitter for average. He has a three thirty five uh, career BABIP that's really uh, boosted by the home numbers. But Fenway Park has been consistently a better than average park for BABIP. So he's going to get a little boost from the park, and then he's also going to get a little boost from his his approach to hitting. Uh, he's mm-hmm. hit above three hundred three seasons in a row on ground balls, which which seems to be sustain, sustainable for him, not only because he's done it three seasons in a row, but because he, he hits grounders uh, with more exit velocity and, uh, and uh, uh, just harder in general uh, than the average, you know, by far than the average uh, hitter. And combined with, with his speed, that you can count on him to probably get at least about 20 infield hits or 25 infield hits uh, every season. And, uh, and then then we get to the part that you pointed out in the first place, which is this questionable plate discipline. But he wasn't quite as extreme in that regard in 2016. So given his age, I, I, I would bet on him more getting back to where he was when he was 23 uh, in his age 25 season than, than, you know, heading into decline. Then continuing to aggress, yep. <laughs> right, as, as a 25-year-old. That definitely makes sense. I mean, there's definitely a case for him. I mean, he's like I said, he's only he's only 25. It would make sense for him to adjust. He's not a bad hitter. He's not. He's actually a pretty good hitter. His contact skills are good. Like you mentioned, his walk percentage and K percentage are actually pretty good. Um, it, it's more of what he does on his like a, a damage standpoint. So I think his home runs last year he hit what 10 or 10 or so, and that puts him you know, bottom 10th percentile as far as qualified hitters for power. Um, so 10 home runs and, and 15 steals without those runs and kind of a diminishing batting average, it just kind of puts me in a dangerous territory for a top 100 pick. So um, it, his batting average last year, um, I don't have it right in front of me, but it was like 270-ish, 277, yeah. something like that. 
Um, I think that actually places about 70th overall as far as qualified hitters. So there's 144 qualified hitters. So that's no longer an, an elite batting average. So if you're not getting an elite batting average, the only category left that Bogarts is giving you, unless you're you know banking on a rebound, is the run production right now. So if you're not getting elite stolen bases, and that 15 is probably borderline elite. There's not very many guys that stole more than 15 or 20, but I just kind of view him as uh, you know a, a lot in little categories and a little bit in a lot of categories, but nothing that really is going to jump off in Excel. All right. Well, you've made the case. Unfortunately, at this point, I got to uh, cut the, the argument short because we got to head to break. But uh, Keith, thank you so much for uh, for joining us here. And I want to talk to you about a lot more. So I'll have you back again soon. Thanks for joining me. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Take care, Keith. Stick around. Be right back in just a moment. everybody it's me joe pizapia and guess what i've got good news for you it's 2018 and the fantasy black book show has just been moved to that's right sunday mornings every sunday 9 a.m till noon eastern you get me you get george kurtz you get us talking fantasy breaking hearts breaking bones and taking names that's right me and george kurtz the fantasy black book three hours every sunday live right here on the fantasy sports radio network Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-292-8137 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-292-8137 for your free author submission kit. Again, that's 800-292-8137. Fantasy Sports Today. To me, Jarvis Landry is one of the most underrated wide receivers in all of football. Him and Ryan Tannehill will obviously have a good rapport. I just worry that with Tannehill back, the touchdowns could go back down. I could enjoy seeing as a fantasy player Jarvis Landry maybe somewhere else. The guy is going to vacuum up catches wherever he goes. I think with the the nine touchdown receptions this past season, he showed that he has a bigger skill set than we think. Weekdays, 6 a.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com slash box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes, which include 10 gifts for the price of one. We've made one for each of your favorite teams. Hurry, supplies are limited, and these are some of the best deals we have ever offered. So go to SteinerSports.com slash box today. When you wake up in the morning, is fantasy sports usually the first thing on your mind? If the answer is yes, then you have to immediately tune into the Fantasy Sports Radio Network to get your day started. Scott Angle greets you every weekday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on Fantasy Sports Today. It's bacon, eggs, and the king every morning. Scott delivers all the latest fantasy news and adds his own analysis to get your fantasy day rolling. Don't miss Fantasy Sports Today, weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In a world where most fantasy shows are, well, basically lame, three warriors emerge from the ashes. Jake Seeley with his power to predict the future. I told you so. Joe Pizapia with his sword of truth. 
You know nothing. And Chris Meany with the ability to apologize. Sorry. They are the award-winning on-target fantasy every day here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern. Check the link. Welcome back, everyone. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, thanks to Keith Farnsworth, uh, not only for coming on and sharing uh, his analysis of uh, Xander Bogarts, but uh, also uh, uh, doing it and you know, try, putting a lot of information there in one segment. Uh, it, a lot of times uh, I would ask people to stay on for a second segment, but we have so much other stuff to get to uh, that uh, I'll just have to have them back on uh, again as soon as possible. Um, you know, so you, you got the argument there uh, against Bogarts. Uh, I tried to make the case for him. And really it hinges, you know, Keith really summarized it nicely at the very end there that it, it's really how much you want to bank on a bounce back for him, because there's no, I'm not going to sit here and make the argument that there weren't some disturbing trends in 2017. So, uh, you know, it really comes down to that. And I think given where he is in, in the, uh, uh, the arc of, of his career that he's going into his 25 year old season, and given what he did pretty consistently prior to last season, that to me, it, it, it doesn't seem any more risk than you would take in banking on Gene Segura or Elvis Andrews, even before you would have to go after Bogart. So that's the crux of my argument for him. So interested uh, on what you think. Uh, so, you know, tweet me at, uh, at Al Melchior BB if uh, you have any questions feedback or uh you know argument uh related to that segment uh that you know be really interested to hear because I, I think again he's going to be one of the more polarizing players and, and key players in terms of your strategy so uh like i said though a lot to get to here uh beyond uh just a little bit of xander bogart's talk and uh pretty deep into the show to talk about a major development with a closer situation that uh mickey calloway has said that he's going to start the year with the closer committee. And prior to this report, I was pretty much assuming that Jerry's Familia was going to just resume the role. Maybe there'd be a little period at the beginning of, of sort of working his way back into it with A.J. Ramos, maybe uh, getting a few safe chances here and there. But I, I pretty much was entering mock drafts and, and real drafts with the assumption that Familia is the closer. And for all we know, maybe that is the real plan. I don't know, but at least in terms of what Mickey Callaway has stated, it's going to be uh, at the beginning of the year uh, a shared situation with not only Familia and Ramos, but also Anthony Swarzak and Jerry Blevins. So that's not great for anybody's value. And, you know, I'm given some thought about whether or not to elevate Anthony Swarzak in my rankings because of the four to me, he's clearly the superior one from, from a skills perspective. Now, you, you know, this could vary from organization to organization and his lack of 
closer experience might be something that works against him. But I think when you've got a wide open situation like this one reportedly is that I do firmly believe. And I think that past history has shown that the, 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 the superior skills went out. And I think unless Familia has a really strong bounce back, I think that that guy is Anthony Swarzak. So that's, you know, that's a real tough dilemma. You know, talk about banking on somebody. I don't think any of these relievers are going to be going all that early. So maybe the risk isn't that great, but it's something to think about. It is something to think about in terms of how you prioritize these, uh, these different relievers. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we have some Brewers news and, uh, the according to the Brewers pitching coach, Jimmy Nelson is expected to come back in June. Now we had had previous reports that Nelson uh, was ahead of, of schedule, which was, you know, great, a great development, but as fancy owners, you know, it doesn't help us that much. If we can't put a date to it, now we have a date and who knows how firm this date is, how much we can really live by it. You know, that's important. Because if you're going into a draft, you're thinking, okay, I'm only going to be missing out on Jimmy Nelson for maybe two, two and a half months. That's, you know, to me, that's that's sort of on the border of, okay, you know, maybe maybe I should invest something in him. Whereas if we're talking about July, in particular, if we're talking about all-star break, it's, well, is it really, is there really enough value there? You figure when he comes back, maybe there's there's going to be a little bit of shaking off of rust and, you know, how much quality performance are we really going to get from Jimmy Nelson? But if we're talking June and especially early June, there could be a lot of good baseball from Nelson. So, again, I, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of the date, but at least it's something. And maybe we get more information uh, throughout spring training. Maybe that gets firmed up a little bit. And as far as the rest of the Brewers rotation to start the season, uh, we've got a report here that... They've got three spots pretty much locked up. Chase Anderson, Zach Davey, Zach Davies, and Yulisha Seen. They're in the rotation. I don't think that surprises anybody. But you've got five pitchers that are now going to battle for two spots. And Josh Hader is not one of them. So I'm sure it's a disappointment for a lot of people. I'm not, I, I guess I, I can't say I'm disappointed. I was going to say, I'm not sure how I feel about it because I think Hader could have a lot of value in the pen. He may be better in the pen, especially initially. I'd like to see Josh Hader in that rotation at some point, but if it's not 2018, I can't say I'm bummed out about it, even in a dynasty league. In fact, especially a dynasty league, because if I'm looking at the long haul, this might be a better thing for Hader. And meanwhile, with starters pitching fewer and fewer innings, that uh, pitchers who are effective in relief, and particularly if they give you a lot of innings in relief, maybe in a long relief role, they could be very valuable. And again, just point to last year and the value that Chad Green and Chris Davinsky gave a lot of owners. Even Yasmero Petit, uh, you know, they were they had some substantial roto value last year. So, uh, you know, not getting saves, not starting games. So I think Josh Hader, maybe he he fits that group right now. And as, in terms of the five contenders, there's some interesting names here. I'll say three out of the five are very interesting. The two that are less interesting to me are Giovanni Gallardo. We've seen the last few years uh, where he's at at this stage in his career. And, you know, maybe we can't 
entirely rule out a bounce back, but not a lot of strikeouts, uh, not a great strikeout to walk ratio, and just not a lot there to, to recommend Giovanni Gallardo for a, a fantasy team. And same thing for Junior Guerra. I, I just, you know, I, I think we've seen what he could do, and it's, you know, there, there may be value there in a deeper league, but the other three could be something more. One is Brandon Woodruff, who we saw later last year. Uh, so I, I think he could be very good. Brent Suter, who was surprisingly good last year, doesn't throw very hard and yet was decent for strikeouts and very good for inducing soft contact. Sort of uh, Kyle Hendricks extreme. <laughs> so I'm real intrigued by Brent Suter. And Aaron Wilkerson, who came over a couple years ago from the Red Sox, uh, older prospect. Uh, I want to say he's 29, maybe. I'll look that up. But um, even though he's you know been old for the levels, Wilkerson's done you know done some intriguing things in the minor leagues. And uh, yeah, Wilkerson will turn 29 this coming May. Pitched in three games for the Brewers last year. Looked pretty good doing it. Uh, 3.48 ERA, only 10.1 innings, so we don't want to get too carried away for, for, with that. But a 3.16 ERA, a double A, and I'm sure he was in double A to have him avoid pitching in Colorado Springs, which is their triple A affiliate. So uh, Aaron Wilkerson in that mix. So uh, I'm looking forward to that position battle this spring. That should be fun. And also in other Brewers news, I mentioned on the last show that Ryan Braun was open to uh, playing first base to make room for uh, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain in a very, very crowded outfield mix. And according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he's also open to playing second base this spring. Um, Now, whether or not he's open to it doesn't necessarily mean that anything's actually going to happen there, but... uh, Brian Braun with second base eligibility, that would be interesting. I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, kind of a fun thing to at least consider. And according to Ken Rosenthal, the Brewers have not been getting a lot of interest in Domingo Santana on the trade market because of his defensive play. So this first base thing for Ryan Braun, this might be quite real. Um, So that's something we're going to have to continue to track. And I've got more Brewers news yet. But right now, I got to take a break. And when we come back, I will tell you exactly what uh, the other developments are with the Brewers and uh, will you Darvish update a few other notes. So stick around. I'll have that all for you in just a few minutes. What's up? It's Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, here to tell you about the all-new Fantasy Frenzy. That's right, the Fantasy Frenzy. Not the Fantasy Football Frenzy, but the same trio of dynamic fantasy sports and analysts. That is myself, Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, Wall Street, Matt Medica, and the all-in kid, Jake Seeley, better known as the Accuracy Expert. Each and every day at 10 a.m. East, we get the Goon Squad back together to bring you the latest news and entertainment in fantasy sports. It's the all-new Fantasy Frenzy right here on FNTSY Radio. Muscle Maker Grill was made for baseball season. Muscle Maker Grill supplies you with delicious, healthy meals that will give you energy to cheer on your team week after week. Whether you're craving flavorful salad, packed wraps, or guiltless entrees, Muscle Maker Grill has you covered. Hosting a game? No problem. Our catering packages will have your whole team satisfied with flavors ranging from Italian to Tex-Mex and much, much more. Visit MuscleMakerGrill.com for your nearest location and have a winning season. 
Play on Fantasy Draft, the only daily fantasy site where every head-to-head contest is rake-free, including contests you create. Fantasy Draft also gives you the ability to block up to 25 players from entering your head-to-head contest. With a $1 million prize pool and 200000 to the winner, Fantasy Draft is running their inaugural NFL Live Final, the Carolina Million. Sign up today at FantasyDraft.com with promo code FNTSY and experience players first for yourself. Fantasy Draft, daily fantasy on a level playing field. Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I'd still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors, so you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today unlock the secrets of injury analysis. The Fantasy Producers. Onions have been proven to lower cholesterol, reduce chances of a stroke, and reduce chances of various types of cancer. Now, if that's true, that's actually a pretty cool thing to know. If it's true, like I said, I don't know... Butler, get me your finest cut of onion. You have a butler? I usually go butler and then no one answers because I don't have a butler and I have to get up and go down to my fridge to get an onion. Sir, bring three plates of onions for me and my friends. Saturdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Steiner Sports is the leading memorabilia provider for the New York Yankees, Rangers, Giants, Knicks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Featuring hundreds of items from your favorite athletes, Steiner Sports is your source for the best sports gifts. Go to SteinerSports.com slash box and shop our collection of memorabilia boxes, which include 10 gifts for the price of one. We've made one for each of your favorite teams. Hurry, supplies are limited, and these are some of the best deals we have ever offered. So go to SteinerSports.com slash box today. On target. Fantasy. Tom Brady actually cut his hand when he hit it. And then he says, which always made the most sense. Boston had the bloody sock and now we get the bloody glove on Sunday. That's what we <laughs> joked about. We it is. about that two days ago. You know what's underneath that glove? Five rings. <laughs> yeah, that's what my, Cardano tweeted at me after we were joking about it. And he said the x-ray looks fine. It's an x-ray of a hand with five Super Bowl rings on the hand. <laughs> yeah. Weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. FNTSY.com slash radio. Calling all drivers. Want a career that will take you places? Then Coach USA and Megabus is the place for you. Coach USA and Megabus, leaders in the local and intercity bus transportation industry, are looking for career minded, conscientious drivers with a valid CDL Class A or B license with passenger endorsement. They offer paid training, competitive salary, and many benefits. Apply now and start driving to a better future. Visit CoachUSA.jobs. That's CoachUSA.jobs. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. A lot to get to this last segment, so I'm just diving right in here. Continue with the Brewers news. Uh, according to John Heyman of FanRag Sports, the Brewers and the Diamondbacks have been discussing a potential Patrick Corbin deal. So uh, that uh, Brewers rotation may get uh, another little twist uh, in, in uh in the battles there for uh, for spots. Uh, also, Brewers did make a signing, uh, or at least have agreed to make a signing uh, just earlier today, Monday, agreeing to sign Matt Albers to a two-year, $5 million deal. Uh, that uh, coming from Ken Rosenthal and the $5 million figure coming from Sportsnet Canada. Uh, 
Uh, Albers had a very, very belated breakout season uh, last year with the Nationals, 1.62 ERA, 0.85 whip, a 27.0% strikeout rate. Use the the slider more, more effective, uh, and and more movement on the sinker. Uh, so real interesting signing there. And and you know I'll just say in terms of fantasy, I think that Albers could could rack up quite a few innings, give you great ratios if he can continue on with what he did last year. To put him right there with I talked about Josh Hader, and you know pitches like pitchers like him and and Chris Davinsky. Uh, you know that that puts Albers on my radar in those leagues where I'm looking for non-closing relievers. Uh, also, you uh, Darvish, uh, we're supposedly supposedly close to uh, some news there, but uh, in terms of the, the Twins' interest, they are probably not willing to go beyond a five-year deal, according to John Heyman, and they may look to Alex Cobb as a fallback option. Also, just moments ago, uh, the deal between the Royals and Alcides Escobar was finalized. He's going to be the Royals' everyday shortstop. That throws the 2018 uh, plans for Raul Mondesi into uh, some disarray. I uh, cannot, at this point, really count on him to have a regular role, at least to start the year. But he will be given a shot to compete at second base. I'm not sure what that means for, for Whit Merrifield, but I wouldn't worry about Whit Merrifield too much unless, unless he gets traded. A uh, couple of pieces of news for rookies. Ronald Kuna may start the year AAA uh, for service time considerations, according to MLB.com. But according to MLB trade rumors, they may only need the Braves may only need to keep him down for 12 days to put another year on the service clock for Acuna. So that would be great news for uh, fancy owners if it was just a 12-day demotion at the beginning of the year for Ronald Acuna. Lewis Brinson, according to the Sun Sentinel, may start the year with the uh, the Marlins. He'll be given a chance to compete for an opening day spot in the Marlins outfield. The uh, also with the Marlins still talking with the Nationals about JT Real Muto deal. Uh, Nationals might be willing to part with Michael Taylor, but probably not Juan Soto or Victor Robles. And finally, a couple of reliever signings Arizona signing Neftali Feliz to a minor league deal, and the Phillies signing Francisco Rodriguez to a minor league deal. Got it all in in an hour. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this hour. Thank you to Keith Farnsworth. And uh, now just uh, sit back and enjoy Fantasy Best Friends Forever coming up. And I'll see you again right here on Wednesday. Take care. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.